Welcome back to a new episode of the NES Experience. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to listen to our podcast, like and subscribe to it. Uh, Ned is going to give us a little uh, background into uh, his life as a parent with two daughters. Uh, and he's going to talk to us about his recent spring break. So it's spring break. Great time for kids. Most kids, not my kids. Uh, their spring break is, damn, they can't go to school. What the hell are we going to do with them? And then it ranged from, hey, should we take them to camp for the week? And then I was like, how much is that? And it was, of course, I don't know, thousands of dollars. And I'm like, eh, I'm like, I'm like, I'll rock, I'll, I'll stay at home with them. I had in my head, this was of course like Sunday night. I'm like, I'm going to make it the best home vacation ever. In the meantime, Morgie, uh, Morgie is a character on the NES experience. That would be Mila's friend. Morgie's in the Bahamas. So I'm sitting there Sunday night and I was, uh, the Facebook thing pops up and it was Morgie in the Bahamas getting her whatever hair braided. And I'm like, Ah, shit. Why does she got to show me up? I'm like, all right, I got to pull it together. So we're going to do some shit. But as I said, I'm working full time at home with the kids. My wife is working full time. And my ability to pull it together was just, it was just an embarrassingly bad dad moment of sadness. So it started pretty okay. We went and saw the Super Mario movie. Are you a Super Mario guy? I actually am not a Super Mario guy. Never gone to the games. Uh, I mean, obviously, I played, you know, Super Smash Bros. a little bit, but that has nothing to do with Mario. And I played the Mario Kart game a bit when I was in other places. But other than that, I'm not a Mario person at all. All right, asshole. Well, we don't care. About, I know you don't care about Mario, but some people do. Take away from the adult perspective. It was a very good movie. They integrated uh mario kart into the mario movie along with the original mario and um they brought in donkey kong so they they took all three of them on the hunt to go to bowser's castle and do whatever with that being said we i can't go wrong with the movies these are covid kids so they don't ever get to do shit um so i'm like and they were super excited about the movies money then they went to Crumble Cookie, shout out to Crumble Cookie for your $4.50 cookies. Um, but, I mean, if Morgie's in the Bahamas, I could spring for, you know, six overpriced cookies. So we get them some cookies, and then they come to work, and it's like, hey, sit in this room. And then they mess around with the athletes, and then they have attention span problems. So after one group, they're done with that place. And then, but I planned it, so... Bacon and Ivani ended up taking them to Friendly's and so they could eat, you know, unhealthy foods and ultra ultra processed carbohydrates and sugary drinks and all that shit. So putting that together for one day, that wasn't too bad. But I was like, I'm running out of time. Another day passes. Don't do shit. Another day can't do shit. And then I'm like, Saturday, big day. I'm like, we're going they all they like to like dress up and shit now and like they have like style and shit so i'm like i'm taking them to old navy because they don't know taking to old navy busting a shopping spree and five guys so i'm like this is going to be pretty cool so of course i put the address into the gps and for the old navy and it takes me to the meriden mall 
Have you ever been to the Meriden Mall? I have not been to the Meriden Mall. Dumpster fire. Uh, didn't know that. So I'm like, all right, kids, let's head over to the mall. And they don't even know what a fucking mall is because COVID. So they're like, what is a mall? And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm pulling out the video camera to try and give them this great spring break experience of going to the mall. And then we go to pretzel time because, you know, there's always five pretzel places in the mall. And, you know, those shits are amazingly tasted. So I'm acting like a tourist, take pictures of them eating pretzels on their said spring break. And I'm like, all right, let's where we're going to go next. And they're like, Dada, how come there's not a store in there? That's all I kept hearing is Dada. Where's that store? Dada, where? Oh, yeah, they're all out of business. Why are they out of business? I'm like, the economy stinks. I'm like, that's all right. I'm like, I'm like, what do you guys want to buy? At this point in time, I'm like, I'll just fucking buy some shit and they'll be happy. You know, can't go wrong with that. I'm like, who wants some shoes? They don't even need shoes. Who wants some shoes? I do. I'm like, let's go to the shoe store. So we go to this bullshit, off, knockoff, fucking goddamn it shoe place. And I'm like, where are the size, whatever, 11 to 3s? And they're like, over there. I'm like, come on, kids, let's go try on some shoes. And it was just terrible shoes. I'm like, what the hell? Because I didn't want to go into Foot Locker because they'd be like, oh, let me get that $100 pair of shoes. But I'm like, they'll have to have something. So they all look and they're looking. They're like, Dada, these are all terrible shoes. I'm like, let's get the hell out of here. So at this point in time, I figured out that the mall was basically sunk. And 70% of the stores were closed. And there was absolutely nothing to do. So we're walking back to the car for me to formulate how to salvage this terrible mall experience. And then I see the arcade. They're like, an arcade. I'm like, Boom, we're back, baby, we're back. Walking into the arcade. Do you remember arcades in the 90s where you put a dollar in and it spits out four quarters? I mean, I don't remember much from the 90s, but yes, I do. I do remember arcades. All right, well, they used to have like machines and you put quarters in the machine. So I knew that we were in trouble when I walk in and there's like the old school dollar changer. And I'm like, ah, fuck. I'm like, all right. So I put in, they think it's the coolest thing ever. It's basically an antique. Spits out $5 and quarters. I look around and then it just got real sad. The only thing was crane games, uh, ski ball where you don't get tickets, and like one racing game, and then the COVID candy. The COVID candy machine, the one where there's like all the like, oh, let me pour in a five pound bag of M&Ms and you put in the quarter and you turn the handle. Please tell me you know what this is. So I call that COVID candy. So we're in just the sinkhole of Meriden and my kids are fists deep. So they couldn't win any money on. I mean, these were the worst crane games. I mean, it should be it was the Vegas vacation If you've ever seen that movie, which if you haven't, you should. It's a classic. It was the Vegas vacation of fucking arcade games. It was the saddest display. Nobody won anything. Everybody's pissed off. The guaranteed crane game where you can get like two fucking Tootsie Rolls didn't get shit. The claw broke off the top of it. So I'm like, let's get the hell out of here. So now the experience is complete from the mall. And then we go. I'm like, I'm like, got to get them food. Let's get them some shitty food. I'm like, hey, kids, who wants to go to Taco Bell? I do. Roll on over to Taco Bell through the worst area of town. So I'm like, is this really how spring break is going to end? I'm going to get shot. Pull into Taco Bell, buy $27 and shit, hand it back to them. They're not hungry. Go home. Fuck it. God damn it. Terrible. So basically, 
they had the shittiest spring break ever and it's my fault. So there's your there's your intro to spring break is poor kids. I gotta pull it together. D minus on the dada shit. Yeah, you know, D for dad, that's what they say. Um we're gonna talk about obesity today. And obesity is, you know, a a, a tough subject. Because Ned has some stats that are going to be be some eye-opening things. And uh, yeah, we're just going to try and get into what you can do to avoid it and to try and get, get out of it. And yeah, you want to give us a few stats, Ned? Well, it's not necessarily for how whoever's listening is going to get out of it. But there's, you know, I like to talk about this. It's an extension of what I do. So I'm used to working with you know, super healthy or visually healthy, at least athletes who are younger in age and outside of the linemen, nobody's really obese. I do have, you know, I do have overweight and obese athletes and they would go into the weight or weight loss, get lean category. But I don't, my, my population on a daily basis isn't always kind of the situation of what's going on. But also at the same time, I have a certain population where this is happening too. And I I do have a six and an eight year old. So I'm deeply into the, into children's nutrition and what's going on and what are at schools. Um, It kind of just overlaps with everything that I do because I do a lot of nutritional education with my athletes. They send me food diaries and not diaries. I take pictures of everything they eat for the first week and I get to see everything that's being so I I have on a route. I mean, I have 50 active athletes right now in the in their off season and another 50 in their end season. I'm seeing hundreds of kids as food on a yearly basis for 20 years. So the reason why I chose this topic is I feel that um it's, it's kind of relevant to the current situation and it reinforces kind of what I'm seeing on a daily basis. But so I'm going to throw some stats out there. 25% of teens and 50% of adults are pre-diabetic. So um, that's not good. Uh, according to the Department of Agriculture, people are consuming 25% more calories since 1963. So calorie consumption is going up 25%. That would be, you know, if you eat 2,000 calories routinely, eating 25% more, you know, that's an extra of whatever, 250 to 500 calories, 25% of 2,500. So we're seeing an uptick, and imagine that it's kind of correlated with the diabetes and everybody's weight going through the roof. And 8 out of 10 are the leading causes of death of death are correlated to sugar, ultra-processed food, and seed oils. Um, and health cares are all attached to that also. So really, it's a nutritional racket. Um, I don't like to be conspiracy theory when it comes to most things. I don't want to play the government is out to get us and those types of things. But one of my colleagues, his name is Chris Charisse, uh, he was a coach with me at Velocity for two or three years. He uh, he threw this this podcast up, 
um, that was talking about that article that you brought up to me, and it's been in the media, the uh, the Tufts government-funded food pyramid <clears throat> study. So this podcast, I was like, I'll take a listen. And because anytime he tells me to go in a direction, it's normally pretty good. And then they wrote, they started talking about the same, the same topic and I, and the same Tufts article. So that's why I decided I was like, I'd like to talk about it because people need to figure out, everybody goes to Google for answers and, um, you would think something, for instance, through the pandemic, my wife was a regular on the old CDC website looking for the guidelines and the path of what to do. So there's that same thing going on in the nutritional world. People just read things and then come to conclusions. And in this situation, I feel that the government might be uh, pulling some some things. And there's re- this study, and when we start to go over it, um, you'll see that it doesn't make sense. So I want to talk about the study and why this is happening. So um, the study was done at Tufts, um, and basically they created a food pyramid list of foods. They gave them every, you know, they gave every food a category, or uh, not a category, they gave um, a number between one and a hundred. And their, and their number is basically trying to tell people what's healthy and what's not healthy. So there were some disturbing things. This is why, I mean, this was on Joe Rogan. He talked about it. It was on Tucker Carlson, not to throw those two out, especially considering what the hell's going on now. But, I mean, it's being talked about, and there's a reason. And if you haven't heard about it, we're going to talk about it. So on this list where they power-ranked foods, um, they basically were saying... Things like Lucky Charms were a healthier option than organic beef and pasteurized eggs. And that's absurd. Uh, So when you're going to throw some stuff out like that, um, you're going to hear stuff. So basically this, if you look at a lot of the foods on here, they incorporated things like Honey Nut Cheerios and Frosted Mini Wheats and all these various, you know, processed, generally refined, ultra-pasteurized foods. I mean, something like a frosted mini-wheat isn't, but uh, that's actually third on the list, frosted mini-wheat. And they said the frosted mini-wheat is better to eat than chicken breasts. So what you'll see on this list is a lot of animal products and protein um, are lower on the list, and a lot of carbohydrates that are shelf-stable are higher on the list and we have to say why is that the case and how do you answer and I guess they the Tufts nutritionist and researcher was asked a blatant question of how I want you to tell me why Cheerios are better than eggs and then they didn't answer the question so um, they instead questioned the guy's nutritional background. Basically, they said, we're the expert. We know what we're doing, but we're not going to give you an answer for it. So if I have to try and figure out 
how they came to that conclusion and what angle they're using is they created their own system of measuring what's healthy and what's not healthy. You know, was it looked at long term or short term, which means eating something like Cheerios, there's the, you know, the physical ingredients on the box. They make it so it doesn't have any fat. So if, if, if fat is one of your major, you know, or, or, you know, if you're measuring fat, then when you compare something like an egg to Cheerios, the Cheerio is going to win. I mean, as far as they obviously aren't putting a, a high priority on protein and they're putting a high, you know, a high value on whole grains and their, their whole grains. They also said that something like Cheerios is a better carb option than quinoa or, or other whole wheat you know, options. So whole wheat bread is lower on the list than Cheerios. Um, <clears throat> and see where this, this doesn't really add up. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense really at all. Even if you just look at the nutritional labels that they have, it's pretty easy to see how much sugar there is in certain things compared to others. I mean, there's no sugar in organic beef. That's fact. And there's double-digit grams of sugar in Honey Nut Cheerios. That's fact, because my kids have gone through the gauntlet, the cereal gauntlet, and Honey Nut Cheerios was, was in part of the process. On the end, the back end, the worst end. It's also weird to think, too, like Lucky Charms, is that healthier than Wheaties? Is that healthier than shredded wheat? I mean, what's, there's just a lot of things that are, that are really weird. Lucky Charms came in at 60. Six, okay, so, and you said the shredded, or frosted shredded, whatever 80, was number 87 three. burger, 87 burger on the frosted mini wheats. What, do you know what number one was? Watermelon. Um... What the, so here's the thing, parts of the, so it's not like I'm, I'm not even disagreeing that some of the things like frosted mini wheats, I'm a gray area guy. So if I, if with my, this is Ned, this is NES nutrition. If I got a kid who's eating, um, lucky charms, I am going to work him in a path to eat a better carb option. And if I had to compare, like I could rank order 20 cereals and tell you specifically to the cereal what you're going to do. And really, I should do that, make some money, and get basically get people. I mean, really, I should be paid by General Mills. So all these companies that are paying these researchers private gifts and finances, and you know that the, these new food companies are, are paying for the research, and these universities are funded through these companies to be able to pump this stuff out. So the answer is I would have, you know, I use frosted mini weeks in the rotation where, but everybody has their own scenario and circumstance. And mine is I use it for my kids because what I do get, I get around the same amount of sugar content as a lucky charm, but I get more whole wheat and I get, you know, more fiber, it's slower absorbing, it's going to mess with, mess with their blood sugars less. It's not still my, you know, end result best option of cereal, which I use something like a rice or a uh, wheat checks or Wheaties 
because you get the fiber, you get the slow absorbing meat, and there's, you know, five grams, four grams of sugar in those. So it's quality of carb that you kind of got to look at. But this is more, I'll go over some of them. So they have, so here's one, they have unsweetened almond milk at 86. But what company makes unsweetened almond milk? Frosted mini wheats, well, you know, so kale is number two. We all know that kale is the jam and it tastes like shit. I ain't eating it, but we all know it's a superfood. Um, and watermelon is actually very, very healthy. And I'm not talking about those things, but I mean, if you're going to be part of a conspiracy theory, you can't put all crazy shit on the list. So you got to have some things make sense. Um, but they have chocolate covered almonds. It's 78, another shelf-stable food that I'm sure one of these companies make. Follow me. And then they got then they got or, orange juice is 70. So orange juice, that's just sugar. And with all the stabilizers and shit and preservatives that they put in that to be able to sit in my fridge for three months. Um, but it's kind of made by one of them companies, another company. And then... Sweet potato chips, that comes in at 69. Millet is 65. Vegetable oil, 62. Chicken breast, here we go, 61. So all the things, they would rather you have juice than chicken breast. And there's a tie. So chicken, oh, I'm sorry. Chicken breast is 61. Lucky Charms are 60. So a skinless chicken breast only has one point advantage over the Lucky Charms. Whole wheat bread, 60. So... If you're looking at this table and you're trying to process and you don't know what you're doing, dude, Lucky Charms or Whole Wheat Bread, they're equal. I can pick whatever one I want. How awesome is that? Because I recommend Whole Wheat Bread to my athletes for slow, sustained energy. Uh, Canned pineapple at a 51. Um, I wonder who makes the canned pineapple. And then, but the boil, so if the option is canned, oh, and heavy syrup. Don't forget to add that heavy syrup. The 30 grams of sugar in that heavy syrup. So they have the canned pineapple at a 51, and they have the boil a boiled or poached egg. Now we don't even they can't even bang the egg for the added butter in it. 51. Canned pineapple and heavy syrup. You've had that shit before at school in syrup. Gross. Um, and whole milk comes in at 49. But almond M M almond M Ms are forty three. I'll go with the almond M Ms over the whole milk, and they're kind of in the same category. Ice cream cone, ice cream gets shit on. They got a thirty four. The fried egg with butter apparently is the complete death trap. Ice cream's thirty four. Ice cream's thirty four. But chocolate covered almonds are seventy eight. So I'll just smash chocolate covered almonds. Get some diverticulitis, and then a whole egg and butter. 29 burger you put the butter in it it's a death sentence now you could use like i use a half or quarter tablespoon of butter just enough to uh get the pan coated um but and then ground beef is the ultimate bango 26 that and cheddar cheese that cheese and beef thing dead bottom of the list so they would rather i mean that 26 compared to Honey Nut Cheerios is 76. So Honey Nut Cheerios is three times better than ground beef. So my deduction is you get fat, saturated fat, and protein, you get banged. And I don't know if you knew this, but General Mills actually redesigned 
um, when this was happening, they redesigned the formula for their cereals to make them whole wheat. So they actually are made of whole wheat flour. So if you look at the back of the label, it'll say whole wheat flour, and then the second ingredient is always sugar. So they can do that as long as, so their pitch is 51. We know that it's the math of the ingredient label. The first label has the most amount of ingredients. The second has the second most. So when you look at, the if the first ingredient is whole wheat flour and the second one is sugar, that means there's at least 51% whole wheat flour in it and 49% sugar, ultra-processed, whatever. So because they made that move, I mean, kids don't know. I know because I've had the cereal 20 years ago. I was never a sugary cereal guy, but it's just clearly not as good. Um, But they're putting all the weight into, I guess, slow-absorbing carbs. That makes no sense because wheat bread is generally, I mean, Maybe they go by serving size of carbs because bread is heavier. So if it's too many grams of carbs, um, what I do know is that there has been a violent peaking. If you put it on a graph from 19, you know, the 1980s until now, there is just a correlation between the dietary guidelines um, that are being given to the country and obesity in the country. I mean, it is double, triple, quadruple. It goes through the roof. So how does it, and it all started in the eighties. So in the eighties there was, remember the, I don't remember. I was between zero and nine years old, but there was a hunger crisis. So when the F, when the president is trying to figure out how are we going to fix the hunger crisis, what they did is they started to change what the recommendations were for people to eat and what better things to eat in a hunger crisis than eliminating, you know, foods that are more expensive and harder to prepare. And why don't we go with the shelf stable preservative foods? So that movement of refining uh, carbohydrates in a mill and taking out all the grain and the healthy part of it and turning it into powder, all that refined shit all started coming in the eighties. And that's when the, you got the food guide pyramid pumping out the six to 11, uh, you know, servings of grain on the bottom with your two to three small little portions of protein at the top and dairy, all the things at the top are the, or the, or the things that aren't shelf stable, that are fresh that cost more money and go bad quicker. You follow me here? A lot a lot of this research, I don't remember how many billions of dollars that food companies spend on doing research, you know, on food. And they're funding the universities, who's another universities are another criminal racket. So these criminals are like, let's work together. I'm gonna stay in a lab and, and make bunk, you know, research articles to prove that your shit's healthy and then you pay me off. And I mean, we, we mentioned before, you know, a few of the, uh, you know, like Rogan and stuff where it's been talked about before, but it's also been mentioned how, you know, right in the sixties and in the fifties, they had made it seem that, you know, it was like fat. That was the issue instead of sugar. So it is kind of on brand for a lot of these, you know, food companies to, make their products seem like they're a lot more healthier than they are and 
push to to you know even cover up if if it's not as healthy and they think it'll tank their sales so you really do have to be careful about what you're putting in your body and they absolutely hate anyone who talks about high protein diets and paleo and things like that that don't incorporate any of their products now where i come into play is number one all my weight gain kids they all eat ultra processed food uh seed oils and sugar I mean, so to give you an idea about how what this stuff does, I give it to all my athletes who are supposed to gain weight. And a lot of their the products that some of these companies are making, not Coke, not anybody that creates soda, the biggest death trap and and reason that our whole world is dying. It all goes back to soda to give you an idea about what I think about pop for the my Midwest people that listen. Um so I use ultra-processed foods to some extent in my athletes. For competition, though, it's I, I don't use it as much. But I do. Bella Vita bars is... But I put that more in the category of minimally processed um, or moderately. So, you know, I do use a little bit. But when, it, when you're talking about obesity and weight loss, I mean, your ultra-processed carbohydrates, enriched wheat flour... Um, not only is it damaging for when you're currently eating it, but it's what happens afterwards. And this is something that they're not measuring. If you eat chicken breast, there's going to be a higher probability that you're not going to want to eat more and overeat later on. When you eat a bowl of Cheerios, it plays with your blood sugar levels, and it's going to cause you to crave more Cheerios. Or candy so because the body is processing cheerios like candy your brain isn't like you know no i don't want cheerios again it you could make you could want mashed potatoes it could cause you to craze rice or white bread or ritz crackers or saltines or you know it's it's all the things that happen after you eat it and what your energy levels is and and you know what it's doing to your body aka you know, diabetes, which is a thing. So my takeaway is don't, when it comes to nutritional recommendations, uh, generally I wouldn't necessarily reach out right out to that government website. I'm not saying for other things that you shouldn't reach out to the government for. I'm saying, in my opinion, when you're trying to find accurate information about nutrition, um, there I think there's too many things we're not getting a, a real honest look of, you know, what's right and wrong or optimal and not optimal. Yeah. And I, I do think it's pretty strange. Uh, I mean, you think that's where you would want to go for the information, but unfortunately when you're ranking lucky charm so high, you just can't be trusted. And one more thing to go along with that. I want to talk about food stamps and the snap program. Um, 15% of Americans are dependent on food stamps and that costs the taxpayers $115 billion. I'm all, if people need some assistance, I'm down with that. Um, 10% of food stamp money goes to soda and sugary drinks. So that means $2 billion is being made on poor people drinking soda, which is correlated to 
every disease you can ever possibly think of. Um, and the, that same category of people are also two to three times more likely to get all of these top 10 killers, you know, uh, diabetes, heart disease, things like that. So the second part of it is, so that just covers sugary drinks. 75% goes to ultra processed food, which would be all the bullshit, refined shelf, stable, shitty carbs and sugar and candy and bullshit. So that means that 90% of what they're buying is, you know, two out of the three of the things that are killing people. So, and they're also the ones that are dying the soonest. Somebody, I read this, if you are a male in the lowest tax bracket or lowest income bracket, you will die 12 years younger than the man, not being sexist, than a man in the highest tax bracket or income bracket. So going along with the the problem with SNAP is it should be as simple as make it illegal, but there would be too much money lost by these companies who are paying other companies to to go along with that. But why would we did did you know Coke pays money to the American Diabetes Association? They're on their website. They were on their website. Coke, the the leading contributor to diabetes, was is on the American Diabetes website. So I think part of the problem is that they won't do any restrictions because there'll be too much. People aren't looking at what's best for the person. They're looking about how much money is going to be lost if we if we make a move to something like this. So in my opinion, we're not going to change all of this stuff at the top, but you know, in this situation, like I went to the grocery store one time with a kid with a snap card. And when I go to the grocery store, I am ultra locked in. I'm using coupons, hitting the sales, do this, do that. I'm doing whatever I need to do to basically save money, um, eat healthy, but not spend a lot. And, and, manage that whole thing so he goes in and i'm just like all right let's see what the, let's see what he's got what is he buying coke pepsi um doritos um garbage pizzas frozen pizzas and sugar i mean the three things and this is how he was raised and what his fan this is what he's eaten his whole life but he's picking all the all the name brand shit and shit that's not on sale before you know it He's got half a cart and his snap cards full. And I'm like, and now part of this is I help pay for some of his groceries. I bought some stuff. He bought some stuff, but I'm like, I'm like, all right, so we're going to, we're not going to do this. I'm like, I'm going to take your half a cart. I'm going to turn it into a full cart and we're going to have money back. And he was like, all right, all right, all right. So we go to this thing. He was buying potatoes and, and it was a five pound sack. It was buy one, get one free. I'm like, where the fuck is the other five pounds of potatoes? He's like, oh, I need, I don't need two. I only need one. I'm like, you need two now. I'm like, that bitch is free. He's like, what the hell am I going to, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with five pounds of potatoes. What am I going to do with 10 pound potatoes? I'm like, well, <laughs> you're going to start with loaded baked potatoes. Then we're going to chop those up and then we're going to have hash browns one morning. And then the next night you're going to have mashed potatoes and we're going to figure out how the hell we're going to get through all these potatoes. And I do make a 
banging ass potato egg salad, so you can work that right into the mix. And we're gonna, you know, and that is a whole bunch of money we're gonna save. So he's like, all right, all right. And then, so one of the things I was explaining to him, like, buy the shit with the yellow tag on it. And he's like, what, I mean, what, what's up with that stuff? And I'm like, well, first off, it's like half the price. Second thing is shit expires like tonight or tomorrow. Um, but you're basically paying half the price. So as long as you cook that shit in the next couple days, I'm like, you're getting shit for half the price. And he was like, no, man, I'm having pizza tonight. I'm like, no, you're having yellow tag tonight. And he was all pissed off at that. Um, so, but the thing, no, who is taking and teaching this family or teaching this individual, you know, he was, he has like all brown, like he had three things of Doritos in, in the cart and not on sale. And it was like $15 for three bags of Doritos. And I grabbed all those. I put them back and I'm like, you're getting these bunk ass Doritos cause they're $2 a bag. Good news is you can have seven bags. It'll last you longer. He's like, well, they're not. They're not as good as the brand name Doritos. I'm like, don't care. I'm like, somebody using a snap card don't need the best taste in Dorito. All they need is a Dorito. Um, now this, you're like, why are you feeding him ultra processed carbs, sugar, and and fat? Well, his his specific case was he needed to gain a whole bunch of weight, and he didn't have a pot to piss in. So his cards were dealt of being able to eat all, and he had the craziest metabolism ever. Um, so, but teaching him generic versus name brand. And before you know it, we pull out and we fill the whole card up for, you know, 60% of the price. We got 60 bucks or we got 40 bucks on the card to, uh, go sell that to some crackhead for (laughs) 20 bucks now for the next trip. So there's an education component being educated and someone actually teaching people what to do to not frivolously spend. So buy the right things and buy the things according to, you know, the price. So people, we are just pissing away billions of dollars because there's, you know, you can restrict all you want. And even if you, I mean, the tough thing is that even if you do restrict soda, you're still going to have modes to get soda. But I think it's a first step. Um so it's it's something that bothers me. It's just broken system shit. And I hate broken systems. And I hate that people are just getting bamboozled and not, you know, no people, these companies. And I don't think the government, especially in this, this situation, is being honest with the public about it. It's, it's making it more confusing for people. And then I kind of see it on my day-to-day basis when everybody's people send me food every day. I see everything. So, yeah. Uh, luckily I never had a taste for soda. My parents actually didn't allow me to have it when I was a kid. So I never really got to like it. Uh, I just hated the way the, the bubbles and the fizz, I, I just hate carbonation in general. Uh, just never really got, got a liking for it. So I was lucky there. But if I did, I'd be in a lot of trouble because soda really can inflate you very, very fast. It's a killer. Moving on to our question of the week, uh, something completely different. But our question of the week has actually already been asked to Ned earlier this week. We're making a 
uh, surprise guest reappearance on the podcast for all of our listeners because, you know, some questions are just a little too special. Uh, today's question of the week, Ned, do you just like come up with all this stuff? So, yes, that was your version of what the athlete said to me. But my, what the athletes asked me, we were doing running mechanics. And they're like, Ned, where do you come up with this stuff? They're like, do you make this stuff up? Do you, do you get it from somebody? And it, I don't know. It was a very weird question. But, I mean, everyone in the room, when the kid asked the question, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what's what. So the answer is... What I do is a blend of a 20-year journey in college strength and conditioning that all gets put together and then trimmed and changed and refined and rolled out and tweaked and altered. It's a continuous, you know, change of exercises. So, I mean, the base concepts came from when I was at IMG Academies and... I'm, I'm taking out anything that I learned at Purdue because I learned with Purdue strength and conditioning back in the day that college strength and conditioning was a dumpster fire. So I was able to learn a lot of the base concepts. Some of the exercises literally that I learned 20 years ago, I do them to this day. Now of the 100% of hundreds of exercises, thousands of exercises that I've learned, I use probably... 20% of what I used, what I originally learned 20 years ago when I first started. And then what happens is you leave, you go work under someone else, they teach you things, you learn more things. Um, and there I was able to learn from mentors and colleagues for like the first six years of my life. All I did was learn from other people. And then, you know, you learn to innovate and, and, create things on your own and you you beta test them and you have success with them and then you you create other things and then they don't work you think it'll be the greatest thing ever but when you roll it out and execute it it's bad um i have colleagues that i reach out to so i probably have five or six guys and girls that you know we bounce ideas back at each other and i'll see something that they do and then that would be the the very small percentage of what performance meatloaf facilities do, which is just steal something that somebody else has. Uh, I'll give you an, ex, an example. So when I was at IMG, there was a there was a physical therapist named Doctor Wilk, and he was a very well renowned uh, hip and shoulder guy um, back in the day. So. Ever, even though I left IMG, I still continue to follow the work that he does on social media. And he comes up with a lot of, I mean, it's got a piece. There's just, you know, part of a piece component of my my program is, you know, glute activation. We're always finding various ways in all planes of motion to do glute strengthening, doing the same exercise, one exercise over and over and over again um plays out your body doesn't get a response from it so i was looking tonight and i saw he was doing physical therapy with one of his athletes and they were doing a an extension a wall extension um it, it basically works with on the glute all three planes of motion 
with incorporates core stability. And I was like, oh, I really like that. And then I take that exercise and then I say, because I'm rolling it out, and then I'm going to say, when should I roll this out? Who should I roll this out with? Should I change any components of what I've seen to maybe make it better? Um, I do it on myself first, so it goes into the Ned NARP workout. Um, and then it gets rolled out, and then I get feedback. Do, where do you feel this? Do you like this? Do you not like this? And then based off of the response that I get and you know the feedback from my athletes, that now becomes another exercise within a progression of things that I'm doing to ultimately build an athlete. So the answer is, so, yeah, some of the stuff I come up with, some of the stuff I see and modify, uh, some of it I see and, and figure out how to roll it out. And then you're probably saying, well, Ned, it's, you're the biggest hater on performance meatloaf and stealing people's shit. The difference is I've been around long enough, I can look at anybody's shit and be like, that's bullshit, that's good, I like that, I don't like that. And most importantly, I know how to take something from someone else and integrate it into my program in a way that will be safe and progression appropriate and and responsive to help get them even better. But random people at home don't do that, they just do everything. So Ned's special, that Ned could take something from the internet and use it. Um, because I know how to use it the right way. And if I should use it or a concept of of it, a concept of it that I could modify, um, and use, does that answer the question? I think it does answer the question. Uh, makes sense. You know, you're not just making it up off the top of your head. So that is good to know. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the NES experience. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast. And next episode, we are trying to do our first video episode as well. So make sure you come back next week and check it out. It's the NES Experience. (laughs) 